Hey, Soakers, let me ask you a question. Who here has had enough true crime? Nobody? Yeah, I didn't think so. Us either. People are always asking us what other podcasts they should listen to. You know, we have a really long list, but we want to take a minute to tell you about one in particular, Three's a Crime. It's hosted by three funny ladies, Emily, Lindsay, and Tori. And while you're definitely in for several laughs along the way, don't let it fool you. These ladies also get into the nitty gritty behind cases with some great research. They've covered some really interesting cases, including the super bizarre Dyatlov Pass incident, the super sinister Mary Bell case, and the super vicious Elise Paler murder. So go give them a listen. Follow them on Instagram, Three's a Crime. Find them anywhere you listen to podcasts. We love supporting other up-and-coming podcasts, especially ones who take research as seriously as we do. Go listen. Hi, Soakers. Welcome to Bath and Body Parts. In our last episode, we introduced you to Nanny Doss. We told you all about her chaotic upbringing, her head injury, her dark moods, and her absolute obsession with romance. We also told you how along the search for that romance, she refused to let anyone stand in her way. Not her own daughters, not her mother-in-law, not her husbands, not even her newborn grandbaby or her two-year-old grandson. Anytime anybody stood in Nanny's way, she knew exactly how to deal with them. When we left off, Nanny had just gotten fed up with the cycle she had fallen into with her third husband, Arlie. She was tired of his sleeping around and drinking all the time. She wasn't going to take it anymore. He was actually at home more because the flu this year was really, really bad. And so he actually was kind of behaving himself a little bit, but Nanny was suffering from another dark depression and she kind of went through this little phase where she didn't cook or fix herself up and she barely left the bed. And then one day, out of nowhere, she got up, apologized for her behavior got dressed, cleaned the house, and made a special stewed prune pie for Arlie. Would you eat stewed prune pie, Cassie? Um, I mean, I like prunes. I probably would try it. I probably yeah. would try it. Apparently, yeah. this was Arlie's, like, favorite treat. Ooh. I think prunes get a bad rap, but, like, but I'm a big fan good. of the prune. They're pretty good. I just now, don't prune know. Prune juice is disgusting. I don't know how I feel about, like, a, I don't know if it's just the wording. Stew, I know, stewed, it's like, stewed prune, prune pie. Stewed prune pie doesn't sound good. But I don't like, think I'm old enough to eat that. <laughs> As I'm over here with, like, a bag of prunes. Like, I love prunes. Like, I seriously have, like, three bags of prunes. I eat them all the time. They're so good. <laughs> I'm probably the only person under 80 that does that. <laughs> now, the next day, no surprises here, Arlie was dead. Mm. And they recorded his cause of death as heart failure, but that was basically what they were calling flu deaths because they didn't want there to be like a big panic about the flu, uh. which I think is ironic given that we are here now in 2021 and what we're dealing with, but they basically did not want there to be sort of this uh, widespread panic. So they just kind of assumed it was the flu because the flu was so bad. They said heart failure. Wow. 
And so once again, Nanny found herself at the center of the attention and all the kindness again. And Arlie's mother actually invited her to stay with her while she mourned. And then Nanny found out that Arlie had never updated his will after they got married and that their house was going to his sister. So Nanny was furious, but she hid her anger. And one day she came across some insurance documents that made her realize that she would still get the money if something happened to the house. And, you know, miraculously, the house burned down. What? That's such an interesting coincidence. I'm so shocked. Arlie's family was suspicious, but Nanny smoothed things over with his mom by taking over the cooking for her and always preparing delicious stewed prunes for her. Hmm. And she developed a serious illness and was dead within a few months. Man, I mean, I feel like those deaths are just racking up and nobody's ever even questioning them. And I, I mean, I kind of understand it. Like these are usually either like drunk uh-huh, people that uh-huh, are like drinking uh-huh. themselves to death or these older yes. people but like but at what oh point at what point so she went nanny went back to her cottage in alabama right after the funeral and when she got back she heard from her family that her sister dovey was sick and nanny was crushed she was very close with her sister so she returned to her hometown to visit when she saw how ill dovey was She knew that she wasn't going to get any better. So she decided to move things along and end her suffering. And a week later, Dovey was dead. And that's what... Nanny. I mean... No. Yikes. Nanny, come on. And during this time is when Nanny heard some big news. Her stepfather, James Hazel, had died. And Nanny was devastated. Not because she cared for him, but because she had always dreamed of getting revenge. Nobody was available to take care of Lou, so Nanny got pressured into letting her live with her. But the resentment from all of those years of not being protected finally bubbled over. So she cooked and cared for her mother as she got sicker and sicker and sicker until she died. I can't even keep count of all of these deaths, Cassie. Like, there's so many. I had, like, a list when I was reading the book, and I would have to go back and recount because there are so many. I mean, it is, like, insane. What? and, And like you said, nobody's questioning it. And yes, there are like these outlying things like flu, flu was going around and there were like drunk people that, but like at what point does some smart detective, this is the like 19, early 1900s. When does a smart detective come through and be like, I'm connecting the dots, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> Where's exactly. the Sherlock Holmes here? Where? <laughs> <laughs> Now, after Lou died, this is kind of an interesting situation for Nanny because she basically has no ties to her old life at this point at all. You know, her daughters have nothing to do with her. Her mom and stepfather are dead. She's basically just back to square one and she can sort of do whatever she wants. 
and it was time for her to get back on the prowl for the perfect man who she was still determined that she was going to find. And, you know, she's much older at this point. So she was looking for an older man now, someone to basically live her life out with. And this time she joined the Diamond Circle Club. That sounds fancy. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. So it is a singles membership that circulated details to members each month. So you could like pay to get your little profile listed and it would circulate a like cute little booklet of everybody to all the members and you get to like go through and read the profiles and see who you wanted to write to. See, like internet dating wasn't that groundbreaking. This shit has been around for a long time. This is all the same stuff. (laughs) But I like Diamond Circle Club. That sounds nice. It sounds so fancy. If there was like a dating app and I wasn't you know, old and married. Right, right. Called the Diamond <laughs> Circle. <laughs> the Diamond Circle app. That's the dating app I would be on. Yes. And the Diamond Circle Club was mostly older men who basically wanted housekeeper wives, yeah. you know, yeah. like people to take care of them. But one letter spoke of someone wanting a real romance. Richard Morton. And Nanny traveled to Kansas to meet him. And this one was different because before it was always like Nanny steps off the train and the man sees her and is just like, I love you. You're beautiful. (laughs) And this one was kind of the opposite. I mean, he was into Nanny, but he was a hunk and she was really into him. And he showered her with gifts and proposed quickly. And she thought this was it. And they lived a pretty peaceful life together. Their only time apart was when he would go into town to do business. Sure. But he seemed to be taking an awfully long time in town. Come on, Richard. And Nanny needed some spies. <laughs> and Nanny was like, hmm, my spy circle isn't hmm, here. Gotta get a new one. And she was never without him, you know. And so she finally took a trip to the hair salon in town. And I just picture this very steel magnolias. Yes. Style. And so when she goes in, they tell her everything. And everything was a lot. Oh, my gosh. Richard had a string of younger women, one of whom at the time was receiving long visits and then would receive the same gifts as Nanny on a regular basis every time he went to town. Like, take us... I'm taking Nanny out of this, but if you ever heard of someone getting... The same gifts as someone's spouse. Like, that is so messed up. So messed up. And, of course, the women who are telling her this feel really bad for her. And they don't know that she has this history of murders left behind her. And so they're just like, girl, like, your man is playing you. And so Nanny just pretended she knew nothing. But in the meantime, she started her letter writing again. Telling men she was a recently widowed woman in Kansas looking for love. She was already saying she was widowed. She was already saying that. Now, she also started looking into the finances because she did not want to repeat the same mistake she had made with Arlie. And she realized pretty quickly that Richard was pretty much broke. He spent way too much money on these kind of like extravagant gifts and he was draining the accounts quickly. Well, and he was having to buy these gifts two times. Two times. It adds up. Two times that we know of. Right? I mean, who knows? Maybe he was buying like five. Oh my gosh. He's like, can I get this in bulk? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> these diamond rings. <laughs> Do you have like a buy four Can get, I get one this free at policy? Sam's Club? <laughs> oh my gosh. So she actually took out life insurance policies on him, which mm. I think is interesting yes. because I'm like thinking of double indemnity and how like Yes. Double Indemnity, for anyone that doesn't know, is this amazing uh, older movie. Oh, please watch Barbara it. Barbara Stanwyck is like, oh, it's so, it's so good. It's so good. But she, like, has to basically get the insurance guy in on it to take out yep. these policies without someone knowing because even then they wouldn't have done that. And I feel like it's about the same time as this. Right, right, this right. Point. So I, I just think it's really interesting that she was able to take out these life insurance policies on him. I don't know if she like forged a signature or what. And shortly after that, she whipped up one of her world famous scrumptious stewed prune rat poison pies for him. And he died three months into their marriage. That's a short marriage. And I think that probably the little Still Magnolia's hair salon, uh-huh. maybe they had some suspicions, but they didn't say anything. You right, know? right. They're kind of like, good for her. Right, right. They didn't know all the things that we knew. They didn't know. They didn't know. And Nanny kept up her letter writing. At this point, she was pretty much willing to settle for someone faithful who wasn't abusive. The bar was pretty low at this point. And that, I like, that's that's just sad. I mean, she had a sad life. You know, she's a terrible person. 100%. She's bad. But she also had a sad life. Now, while traveling to Oklahoma one day, she met Samuel Doss, and he was 59 years old, respectable. He was good looking. He was like bigger and stronger than her former husband. She'd always kind of been attracted to sort of like little scrawnier guys, Uh, but he was good looking. He was a state inspector and a preacher. And that meant no gambling, no drinking and no whoring around. So that's what she's looking for. Sounds good to her. Yeah. And they were married just one month after Richard's funeral. What? Ew. Like met, engaged, and married all within one month? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of time has passed since the beginning of the story. Like this is not 1905 anymore. Right. You know? Like a month? And he's a preacher. That's very interesting to me that he would like not, I guess I'm making assumptions about preachers, but like that's fast. That's fast. Fast. Well, I think if you're a preacher, you're probably going to be more likely to be fast because there's probably no sex before you get married. Oh, and he's 59 at this point. Yeah, and he probably doesn't want to sleep around, so he needs to get True. married quickly. So, oh, good point, good point. And Samuel was very particular around the house. Now, unlike her former husbands, he actually helped her with the cleaning, but he had ridiculously high standards for everything. Mm. And so even though he would help, he was very um, nitpicky picky about everything that she would do and she did not like that quote unquote helping but it's not really right yeah and he insisted on every single thing in their lives being planned out in advance and recorded on a calendar including sex (sighs) like sometimes you gotta schedule sex it's it's just a fact of life it happens it happens but not like that not like that (laughs) not every time Come on, people. No. And, you know, for, for someone who had kind of grown up on these romance novels and she she's like looking for this. She does not want to look at that calendar and like see some sort of. No. Like this is not what she Like wanted. how did he code this? With like a heart? Did he draw like a penis on the calendar? <laughs> He's like, these are the Dickens days. <laughs> like, <laughs> he probably wrote like intercourse. Oh, my God. 
my goodness. <laughs> and worst of all, Samuel was a major penny pincher who made her ask for money and always denied her requests and guilted her over every little purchase. Ugh. And I mean, he was thrifty and she did not like this at all. No, that's so controlling. Oh, for sure. And I mean, that is abuse. Like financial abuse is a real abuse. If you're out there and this is feeling familiar. Because he's he's denying her request for money when she has to ask him. Not not good. And I feel like financial abuse is not something that like people are aware of yeah I think it's it's easier to kind of overlook right especially a lot of times it happens with like stay-at-home moms who don't have a way to bring in their own income and you know they are contributing so much to the house but their husband's control the finance the bank account and yeah it's it's not good it's a real thing that really happens and if you are suffering from financial abuse like please get help because it is real and it is abuse And it's serious. Yeah. And three months after the wedding, she took off. She left Samuel and went back to her cottage. And Samuel probably should have just left well enough alone. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't know what we know. So instead, he sent her a letter. Now, this was not a love letter full of apologies and begging her to come back. This letter was basically, oh, you'll get used to me and you'll get used to our way of life. And if you come back, we can even have a shared bank account. And Nanny was pissed at this letter. She felt insulted. She felt like he had no remorse and understanding. She felt like he was trying to, like, buy her off. Like business. It's like a business transaction. Yes. And so she basically returned to Samuel with the caveat on her mind of one foot out of line and I'll kill him. That is, it's so loaded. This case is so loaded. Like, oh, my gosh. It really is. If you'd like to support the podcast, get access to bonus content and extra mini true crime cases, plus get access to our exclusive Bath and Body Parts bath bombs, we'd love to have you join our Patreon as a soaker, super soaker, or bath bomber. Visit patreon.com slash bath and body parts to learn more. So the next day, they went and updated their bank accounts and life insurance while they were at it. That was the nudge that Nanny needed to test Samuel out. So she put up her romance books on the shelves and he went off. He really showed his religious fanatic side saying that she needed to turn away from the life of sin that she had led. Ew, Samuel. Now, like if he was referring to the murders that she had committed, right. that would be one thing. I would I would be about that. He's right. She did lead a life But of sin. he's saying that she needed to turn away from a life of sin because she read romance novels. Ugh. Come on, dude. What? You're like you're the one on the calendar saying intercourse. Come on, dude. <laughs> like we don't like you. No. And he threw away her books. <sighs> so Nanny got to cooking up a plot in her mind, but unfortunately, Samuel didn't like sweets. So this time, she added her poison to his coffee. And he had a night of spasms, cramps, and pains, and was hospitalized immediately. And Nanny had actually gotten her calculations wrong because everyone else she had killed was much smaller. So you remember Cassie said that he was like so much bigger and stronger than her previous husband's, so she dosed him the same amount, and it didn't 
kill him. But he was in the hospital for weeks, and it was a mystery to the doctors, especially to Dr. Schwalbein. They thought that he had an infection, but it wasn't functioning the way that they had ever seen an infection function. And, of course, we know from the beginning of this story that Samuel Doss was dead by the morning after his release. The death was originally ruled as natural, but when the body showed up at the morgue, Dr. Schwelbein was suspicious, for sure. He had no way to prove his claims without permission to do an autopsy. So he went to Nanny while she had a house full of people doting on her after Samuel's death. And I feel like that was kind of smart on his part. Oh, like yeah. going while she has a house full of people. And he tells her that the death was unusual and that there could be a public health crisis. Very smart, Dr. Schwalbein. Yeah, Dr. Schwalbein is a genius. Very, very smart. And so he said they needed to do an autopsy. And he was saying this loudly in front of everyone. And, you know, this put Nanny on the spot. She didn't know what to do. So she agreed. And, of course, they discovered a belly full of cyanide. I just, I love the fact that Dr. Schwalbein was smart enough to do this in front of everybody. Yes. And that he even, like, said, well, you know, this could be a public health crisis. Like, we got to, like, protect the people. That's, right. nobody's going to be able to say, say no. She yeah. can't say no at that yeah. point. Now, after they discovered the insane amounts of cyanide in his stomach and I feel like she went like so far because she had messed up the first time Yeah, she was like quadruple the dose yeah so the police went in to question her and noticed some strange behavior she denied knowing anything but every time they started asking her about anything she kept breaking into little bits of hysterical laughter and then eventually that led to like a full-blown giggling fit and like which is like creepy sometimes sometimes people laugh at like oh yeah inappropriate like you know socially inappropriate times no 100 percent. like but i think this was very but weird this was this is different yeah. and they brought her in for an interrogation and she brought one of her romance magazines into the interrogation to read while they were <laughs> talking to her <laughs> wow <laughs> And she just stonewalled them, basically just giggling here and there and refusing to answer any questions. Dang. Just sitting there looking at her magazine, which I don't know why they allowed. And then Special Agent Ray Page showed up. Now, he's watching her interrogation and he is not having any of this. He actually did some digging and started connecting the dots and seeing this ridiculous stream of people he's the sherlock holmes i've been waiting he's for the sherlock holmes yes. yes you know and let's just recap her daughters charlie's mom the baby two-year-old robert frank arlie arlie's mom dovey lou richard and now samuel that's 12. Yeah. So he notices, wow, death follows her wherever she goes. Finally, thank you, Sherlock yes. Holmes, for finally connecting the Sherlock dots. Holmes, Ray Page. Thank you. Yes. Ray Page. Good job. So he went into the interrogation room and just grabbed her magazine down and said, do you believe in ghosts? And she was like, what? And he was like, 
I believe in ghosts. They're all around. How many husbands have you buried, Nanny? How many of their ghosts are in this room right now? I feel like that's totally a Sherlock Holmes move. Yes. Do you believe in ghosts? How many are in the room? It really is the person you <laughs> described earlier. <laughs> and her eyes darkened, but she didn't give in until he told her he was going to push for the death penalty. Yep. And then she started giggling and said, all right, all right. I put rat poison in his coffee. Can I have my magazine back now? Nanny. Nanny. Oh my gosh. No, no. You can have nothing back now. So Agent Page, a.k.a. Sherlock Holmes, a.k.a. the guy I've been waiting for this whole time, got (laughs) her to confess to the murders of all of the husbands, but nobody else. They did exhume all of the adult bodies and they confirmed that they had all died of arsenic, but she always denied killing the kids. And so the state decided to only bring charges on Samuel Doss. That's very interesting. Yeah, I think it's like they were confident enough that they could put her behind bars forever on that case they had like the most evidence there because it would have been a little bit harder to prove that she was the one that did right the other ones and it was just like simpler to just do that That one makes sense in 1955 she pled guilty to samuel's murder and was sentenced to life in prison Charlie Braggs got some nice fame and money from being the only survivor which I'm kind of like and not to, um, you know, I mean, he's a victim, yeah, too, yeah, because his daughters died and, and you know, he would have undoubtedly been right. murdered. But I'm also like, I don't know if you would have kind of spoken up back when your daughters and your mom died, right. then maybe like, everybody else would not have died. I, but yeah. instead, you're just going to cash in later. I don't love yeah, that. I don't love that. I don't love that. And in 1965. Nanny died of leukemia while she was still in prison. So she was 60 years old when she died. Like that, it seems like she would have been older. Like there's so much stuff that we, so much ground that we covered in this case, so much time. But it's like, I have to remember that a lot of her engagements and marriages were very short. Yeah. Things happen very fast. So... I kind of want to talk about our thoughts on this case. I definitely want to dive into this. Like, like, was she insane? Because it does sound like it's very Norman Batesy level of mental illness. But, you know, psychiatrists, they didn't find any reason why she couldn't yeah. stand trial. I don't know. I don't know. And then some people, you know, I think like she blamed her, her injury, her concussion. Uh-huh as a factor and I think a lot of people do point to that and I'm not saying that it wasn't a factor right but like these were like very premeditated murders like to the point where Samuel like she comes back twice right you know and like and I mean she killed 12 people it's a lot of people we do see like that a head injury there are several cases of like murderers that received a head injury when they're young Right. Or like they they have this traumatic injury before a certain age and that everyone who knows them says like they were never the same after that. Right. Mm -hmm. But this like you said, the victim count is so high and the premeditation is there. So it's not as though her brain wasn't functioning. It's that she she had a hard life 
But she also took that as like, I'm going to seek revenge on anyone who has harmed me. And like, that takes a level of thought. And she didn't just kill these abusive husbands. I mean, she right. killed babies. She killed right. a two-year-old. She like, killed an infant. She killed her own children. Like, because she remembered that she herself did not enjoy having a second child. That is so messed up. She didn't even it's give her daughter so the opportunity to have the experience of having a second child. Like she took that away from her. I don't know. I just feel like that manipulation and that like, I don't feel like we can just say, oh, it's because she had an injury. I don't think that's responsible for everything. But I do think that head injuries are very interesting in criminal cases. And I do feel like there needs to be more research into like the brain injuries and things like that. We I agree with that. Know, and I, I like wish we that we could that. know more about her particular injuries yes. and, and about her brain. You know, like I wish that we, this was so had, long like, ago, a CAT scan, yeah. you know, exactly. So long ago that we just don't yeah. really know. Like was her impulsivity part of her brain impacted? Right. You know, not, it still wouldn't make it okay. Right. Um, it, it wouldn't excuse it, right. but it could be a possible explanation. But man, I just think that she was a really bad person too. Yes. Partly because of yes. her upbringing, yes. partly because of a variety of factors. And you know. there were also like, there were not a lot of good people in her life. Like aside from her children, like these men nobody was treating her what she wanted. And I feel like she had that idea of like what she wanted from her life based on like books and magazines. And I feel like that is, you know, that's prevalent even now. I feel like little girls and young teens will look at magazines and think, I want this life. I want to look like this. I want this. I want this boyfriend, you know, this type of thing. Like you yes. plan out your whole life. And then if you don't have the reasoning of that's a fantasy and this is like real life, that can be very shocking and disappointing to people. But she should have at some point outgrown that. Right. You know, like that's a very juvenile thought. And that's where, you know, maybe the brain injury did kind of inhibit her advancement. You know, it's True. definitely possible that 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 it was a factor in that way for sure. True. Uh, I don't know. I hate it. I find this case so fascinating yes. because I don't, we don't hear of a lot of female serial killers. Right, right. And let's just put in perspective, like 12 people is a lot. 12 people is a lot. A lot of people. You know, we think of people like you know john wayne gacy like we think right. oh people are killing all these people but right. like most serial killers like the zodiac killed five people like most right like she high. was killing more than like these famous serial killer men but i had never heard of her before we did this project no i had never and i think it was just a long time ago yeah. but it, to me it's such an interesting yes case like yes. i'm surprised that it's not more talked about. I'm surprised that there has not been a movie made or a show made because this, yeah. I feel like there's so much you can explore here, you know? My goodness. And 
And that is the story of The Giggling Granny. And if you're interested in the case, be sure to check out the book Black Widow, The True Story of Giggling Granny Nanny Doss by Ryan Green. It was actually a really good book. And he does a great job of giving more insight into Nanny. He, I think, writes a lot of true crime novels. And I'm planning to check out more of his stuff. Yeah, I'm going to check out Ryan Green. And now it's time for self-care and prepare. Uh, My self-care tip today is one I'm really excited about, and that is tea motions. Yes. Okay. So if you are a tea drinker, which we both are, um, tea motions is like so good. It's an adaptogen based tea. So it's actually designed to be self-care in a cup, which what they've done is they have designed their teas specifically to do specific things like help you relax or make you kind of like feel more positive or give you energy more focused yeah yeah and it is the best tea I have ever had it is the best tea I have ever had and I will say that before drinking the tea motions I had only ever bought tea bags from the store. Just whatever they had in the store, you know, I would get. And then I had never really experienced like loose leaf tea. I thought that was like a fancy person thing. And like, I'm not a a very (laughs) fancy person. But now I've started only being able to drink this loose leaf tea. Like now I feel like I can't drink the tea bags because... The tea bags are like the dregs of the real stuff. Yes. I mean, once you have this, I can't go back to tea bags after it's this good. for sure. And it's a little bit pricey, but I will say that it's totally worth it, I think. Yeah. And it goes a long way and you can reuse the tea leaves. Yes. So. I always get two cups out of each teaspoon that I use. So instead of like 32 servings in a canister, like I'll get 64. Yeah. And it's delicious. It's so, so go check good. it out. Teamotionstea.com. I think that's the website. I guess I should make sure that is before I say that. <laughs> Just drink tea motions, y'all. You'll be so calm. It is. Teamotionstea.com. And of course, we'll put that link in the show notes for you so that it's easy to link out to. Yes. And my prepare tip is never eat stewed prunes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. That one's just a joke. But seriously, my prepare tip is, you know, pay attention to red flags like Charlie did because he saved his own life. Yeah. And, you know, he might have saved Melvina's life. Yeah. Because he got her away at least for a little while until Nanny was sort of out of her immediate first killing spree, I guess. I don't know. But um, he certainly saved himself. And so pay attention to those red flags and you know, I'm not saying it's easy to get yourself out of bad situations. Like it is not, no. but please seek help yes. if you need it. And I think in this case, like we talked a lot about different types of abuse. And if you are needing help, we can also put some like resources or links in our show notes uh, to help. Because yeah. like financial abuse is something that... I, like I'm very new to even knowing about what that was. So yeah, yeah, we will link some of that in too because it's really important to get yourself out of those bad situations, and it's hard to do. Yes. And we don't discredit that. Like we understand that we're not going to sit here and blame people, not at all, blame victims because it, that's a terrible, terrible thing to do. And if you have that stance, like please think twice about that because it is not easy to get yourself out of those situations. Yeah, but yeah, there are resources to help. 
And we want to give a huge shout out to our newest patrons, Dave Henderson, Melissa Skipper, Jessica Sardar, and Hoffa Skipper. If you want to be super awesome, become a patron and we'll give you a shout out here in addition to your other perks. And everything from Patreon goes right into the production of the podcast. We're super grateful for you guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Like... When we got those notifications that we had patrons, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. (laughs) We love it. We love it. And that's it for today. We definitely want to know what you think about this case. Yes, please. The Giggling Granny. So find us on all the socials at Body Parts Pod. We would love to hear from you. And we'll catch you next time at Bath and Body Parts. Bye. to support the podcast and get access to bonus content and extra mini true crime cases plus get access to our exclusive bath and body parts bath bombs we'd love to have you join our patreon as a soaker super soaker or bath bomber visit patreon.com slash bath and body parts to learn more